Hi, welcome to another episode of The Consulting Trap. I'm Brian Maddox, and I am here today with Rosina Fieser from VR. Welcome, Rosina. Thank you. Hello. Um, so if you could tell our audience a little bit about your kind of background in marketing, that would be super helpful. All right. Yeah, sure. So I'm currently Director of Sales and Marketing at VR. Um, but I started off my marketing journey in uh, 2004, back when I graduated with my MBA in marketing, and started off as a marketing assistant, worked my way through various industries, eventually landed at Pixo because I really liked the team. But at the end of the day, it also is a very cutting edge technology and puts us into the future as opposed to other industries that I've been in that have been a little bit more um, dinosaur-ish for lack of a better term. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I really like the cutting edge and and looking towards the future. So here I am. So um, the it, tell us just a, a little bit more about Pixo for the guys on the oh, listen to the podcast, the folks listening to the podcast, because um, uh, I, I want to try and get into a, a little bit of a dialogue about how it's marketing is different in your industry, but they need to understand some of that nuance. Yeah, absolutely. So Pixo VR, as implied in our name, we are in VR, virtual reality. Um, we actually are more than that, but I'll get into that in a little bit. So we provide training training modules in virtual reality, but also the platform to launch those training modules and software from. And so in that's really for enterprise, not for consumers. So uh, it's not the training that your kids got for, or it's not the VR that your kids got for Christmas. It's it's different than that, although it's still gamified and fun. So that's what we do here. That sounds, I mean, so so the target market for that is is clearly it's like enterprise, right? Yep. So we're enterprise, but we're also, for us specifically, we're more focused on the larger enterprise. So 5,000 or more employees, um, really because that's where our our differentiation comes into play. We are able to help you scale VR or XR really um, throughout your organization a lot, lot easier than other platforms that are out there, actually the easiest of any platform that's out there. And so you really need to need that scaling for it to be relevant for you and us to be the the one that you need. So for the HR types out there, this is almost like a VR LMS, right? It is. Yeah. So we do connect with LMSs. So that way it's an offering that you can have, but also it, we are an LMS in and of itself as if you wanted to just use our platform. So um, typically for- though, I will say that unless it's soft skills, um, HR is not really our, our audience. So I have to throw that out there as well. But of course, and for the folks <laughs> that aren't HR, LMS stands for learning management system. Um, yes. And so um, how it, it sounds like that sale uh, and marketing that product um, requires a fairly uh, adept market that understands what it is already. Uh, how much how much responsibility do you guys take on the education side of that conversation in the marketing sort of context versus talking to folks that are already there? So we take a very large responsibility for educating the prospect. In fact, our marketing vision statement is to create an educated prospect. So whether you are on your journey to VR, you're just starting and thinking about it to you've already implemented and you're looking to scale to you've already scaled. And now let's see what the future holds and where we can go with that. Um, We try to create content and, and information around every stage of that and be able to then support the sales team at every stage for that as well. So, 
So <laughs> I start with so a lot. Anyway, having <laughs> done, <laughs> it's, it's, just a, it's just a natural thing. So here, I did it again. Uh, from from having a traditional, um, uh, you know, sort of marketing uh, background, how is marketing VR as a concept uh, just fundamentally different? So believe it or not, the actual marketing portion of it, I find the classic marketing strategies to be very, very effective because you're still always just trying to get in front of people and get your message across to people So and trying to find the channels to do that in. So at the heart of it, that's always going to be the case. And then who you're targeting, what message is effective to them, what channel are they using to, to get that information already? So be it Google searches or Bing searches, uh, uh, trade shows, uh, industry magazines or or um, groups or any of those things. So we try to find people that way and then put our message forth in those various channels. So where it's differentiated in terms of marketing is what we have to present because we are selling such an immersive, interactive environment that we're able to now show that in different ways. And so it makes it an exciting message. But the ways to receive that message are um, are pretty much in the classic sense, the marketing that I've done everywhere. That's very, very interesting. The um, Are there trade shows and, and conferences and things like that in that space as well? There are. So we have AWE, which is... Um, oh, I just lost the acronym. Augmented World Expo. Um, and that's one that we're, we're going to attend this year for sure. There's um, the XRA Association. or That's redundant now, right? XRA is XRA Association. XR Association. Right. Um, it's like saying my PC computer uh, is uh, now has a, a Limitless Future Conference. They started last year that we will be attending every year. Um, and there are others as well. So we we just kind of pick and choose where we're going to go based on what our messaging is going to be and um, who the audience is, and then depending on who our targets are. So if we're targeting manufacturing, for instance, then we would look for manufacturing shows um, or DevLearn is one that we're also attending, that that's where learning and development people go, training people go to learn about new technologies. That's perfect. That's right up our alley. We'll be there this year as well. So um, we're not just looking for shows in the XR world, which are important for us, but we are looking at where, again, our target audience is going and trying to get ourselves there. Does um, does your target audience have, um, obviously, you've got, you know, like every good marketer, right? You've got your ICP and you've got your UVP and all that stuff. Um, does your audience have any sort of distinguishing characteristics that may, uh, may be surprising to the folks listening? Uh, so we're dealing with a very innovative, disruptive technology. So regardless of level in an organization or even, or even necessarily, um, title or, or role, it would be their desire to bring in innovative and disruptive technology and be the champion for it. Because we've had a lot of people that, um, when they come in, they just want to be our champion. They don't necessarily have anything to do with the budgeting process with even, um, with setting it up, with using it every day, they just go, this is cool. I want our company to do it. And they try to push us through and get us through and so, to the right people within their organization. So um, that's really the people that we're looking for are the champions that want to do something cool and different. That's actually very effective also for the company. So would that be, um, I, I guess, early adopters in that whole model? 
uh, would be where they are right in their now, life, tech life cycle. Right now, it would be the early adopters. I think we're very closely on the cusp of early, um, not early adopters, the next phase. The, um, oh, it just dropped out of my head. It's not early majority, is it? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll float that and see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> you, I can't you, know, remember. The, you know what the internet does exceedingly well, by the way, is they tell you <laughs> when you said something wrong. So uh, we'll, we'll leave it to the folks oh, that listen to this episode to come back and correct us. It uh, dropped right out of my head. But anyway, it's the next phase. We're very close to that. So that um, we have like more and more people, even in the year I've been with Pixo for a little over a year. And even in that time, the conversation has changed from kind of this, what's VR for business? conversation that we've been having to, oh yeah, no, that's cool. We're, you know, how can we use it? How can we implement it? So that's already a drastic shift. And so mentalities go a long way, obviously, for for wanting to implement something like this. And so if you already know about it and you're excited about it somewhere else, then leveraging it in your workplace is all is that much easier. And of course, uh, I'm sure that um, you know, being a marketing person, your website is littered with you know the white papers and things like that that explain kind of how VR is used to uh, to help in, in this kind of context. But when it comes to the marketing conversation, do you find that there is um, uh, skepticism uh, from your prospects? Sometimes, but they typically we get a lot of hand raisers, so it'd be. It'd be interesting to get skeptics from that if they're already reaching out to us and filling out a form. Um, we do sometimes get some skepticism in terms of, you know, are people really seeing the results that the, that your statistics are showing? It's uh, and we say yes. I mean, those are even third party um, reports that are out. Right. So verified. That's yeah. not ours. Yeah, they're verified. That's not even ours. That we say, well, you know, hey, we think that you can do blah. It's it's verified information. So. Um, yeah, because it's so early for many enterprises to be even starting VR, or even if they have already started it, they're pretty early. They're in kind of a proof of concept phase. It is a little bit skeptical, but we need those people. Again, those champions that believe um, are so crucial and important. And, you know, I just had a conversation with a training manager a couple of weeks ago who said, you know, um, you might not be able to do a direct link in data from point A to point B and say, you know, I implemented VR training and now this is the result. Right now, you might not be able to do that, but you can say, all right, the status quo is where we're at now. We implemented VR training and these these units of measurement, or the, these metrics rather, um, changed. We had a decrease in the number of um, uh, of, of uh, safety issues on the floor, right. et cetera, et cetera. And it might not be causation correlation might not be causation but at the very least you can say i implemented this and this is what happened and and say well if it ain't broke don't fix it keep going with that and so that's also a, a crucial thing for mindset as well to be able to get those statistics and and metrics for yourself uh, yeah i imagine split testing is really helpful here like have some folks trained in a traditional model and some folks trained in vr and you get that kind of like mm, the cycle time to efficacy here is much better with x y or z yeah, and we have some customers doing that. We even have somebody doing his PhD and um, asked for access to our content to be able to do that as well and have his own study. And so, yeah, we have we have a lot of that where it's where it's comparing to traditional training and doing the same training in VR and see what happens. And um, 
it wouldn't just be this or that. It could be this in com- in com- in combination. So you'd have the group that's only going to do the traditional training, the group that's only going to do the VR, and the group that's going to do the mix. Um, and so, yeah, see the the different stats. And once we have those, you'll see them on our website for sure. Awesome. I can't wait. So, um, uh, because it's outrageously interesting, the, the, this entire environment, um, uh, is, is definitely changing at a pace that's, that's difficult to track. I think one of the things that, uh, naturally becomes a, a question is given that target market being an enterprise, uh, sort of market space, those enterprise organizations don't typically turn on a dime. Exactly. Right. You have this, yeah. you, you have a huge amount of culture. So speaking to those champions has to be absolutely vital to your strategy. Have you found ways to engage and create that community, even in environments or even in organizations where you don't yet really have any meaningful penetration? So it's interesting. We um, we always try to create, we try to understand within a prospect or a, or a customer, who else is this going to benefit? And can we can we get in front of them to have that conversation? Um, because we do have at each level in each in each role um, department what the the value is of our product. But even beyond that, I mean, like if you can't get in front of those decision makers or or those those stakeholders, you have to trust your champion to present the message that you need, and so you have to provide the right content and coaching, essentially, you're training the trainer, right, um, to go out there and present that message for you. But um, even beyond that, once we have the sale, like we have we have a great group of customers that interact with each other a lot and from very disparate um, places. I mean, today, literally as we speak, um, General Dynamics Bath Ironworks is holding an event uh, on on site in Maine and invited Chick-fil-A to go for the day. And so they're there together, you know, because they they were on a panel with us um, at the XRA um, Limitless Future Conference in November and became friends and saw commonalities in what they were doing, even though one's building ships and the other one is quick service and decided, yeah, okay, the, we we see a path for a future together in terms of this this technology. And so those kinds of champions are important too, where you can create almost this council and think tank between your customers. Of, um, and they talk to prospects for us as well, um, where where they can provide that, if not that guidance, but at least that commonality of thought, right? So that yeah. it's like, okay, let's commiserate on this and and help you get through why you'd want to choose VR. No, never mind why you'd want to choose Pixo, you know. So that's um, that that community engagement. That the way you're doing that um, is is almost like a uh, a holy grail for a lot of marketing organizations to really get that kind of engagement. Uh, do you think the technology itself, the the product itself, is um, uh, central to that, or can those kind of engaged communities be developed even with folks that don't necessarily have that active engagement? So in our case, it would be the product is pretty central to that simply because um, you kind of you need to experience it, I think, to to have that same sense of engagement rather than it being this um, possibility for the future. You know, like I, I'm interested in VR, but 
you know, and then there's the but that that yeah. pregnant pause of, OK, well, what are we going to do with that? Um, so I think that you'd have to have that product to go with it in our particular case. The um, uh, that community engagement, how um, when it comes to that level, like where you've got these you know enterprise level clients starting to engage with each other as a result of the connections you've made, um, how can you. Uh, enhance those communications and then further leverage them for business development for the rest of the organization. So that's interesting. We have, um, we want this to be more of a regular thing that happens and less, um, although organic is fantastic because it's happened very organically. We'd like for it to be a little bit, have a little bit more rigor around it and perhaps something that's more of a, let's have this council meet once a quarter, almost like a board, right? So once a quarter meet and and have that um, that community that will not only help each other through some of the things that, you know, let's face it, integrating a new technology into your into your workflow or into your commu- into your um, enterprise has its challenges. And so we don't hide that. We face it head on. And so it would be helping each other in that group. And then us feeding, getting that information and being able to help other customers and other pro- and and prospects, but also kind of pushing forward that um, that product development as well. You know, like what are you guys experiencing that we need to change about our product or update or or even promote the fact that we have because there might be things that they say, man, I wish that it did this, and you say, actually, it does. You know, <laughs> and so now now we understand that we have this feature or this benefit that people aren't as aware of as they should be that that is you know paramount so so uh, this is this this community engagement um uh, piece is is really something that uh, a lot of folks uh have been trying to grab and they they um they're looking for it there are some potential downsides though right i mean is there a is there a risk that the that sort of cohort can start to bully you into places where you don't want to take the product or that aren't lucrative for you um, yes and no, but I, so I could see how that would be something that you would think of, but, uh, in our particular case, the way we, we thought of it and, and would want to approach it is you guys can come up with all the ideas you want. That doesn't mean we'd necessarily put it on our roadmap. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like how we'd approach anything, you know, like when people say, Hey, can you do this, this, or this? And you say, sure. But that timeline is going to be, you know you're going to get that paper from me in a week. It's not going to be today, you know, but so, or something like that, or like not possible. Sorry. That's not, that's not something that we, that these four people in the room, or you take that and say, all right, well, these core customers, however many they may be, let's test that messaging to other customers and take our customer success team and say, ask them what they would think. And if you get more of a consensus amongst your customers, then that would be, then yeah, you really no have what to we move. Say, the people speak. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, I want to uh, thank you so much for being on the show. But before we wrap, I've got a couple quick questions. Uh, first things first, um, who is a good sort of connector connection for you? Who should be reaching out to you to speak? Um, you know, obviously, we're not looking for your local community VR tire kickers. But um, but in general, kind of who should be uh, connected with you and how should they get a hold of you? So we, I mean, so if you're working for an enterprise that currently already does something in VR, right? So it can be anything. It can be any kind of training. It can be some sort of a metaverse type of environment. Um, 
then absolutely reach out because whether you're on the innovation team or on the training team or even on the HR team, we have soft skills and things like that, um, or on IT, quite frankly, um, we are SOC 2 compliant. We can host any XR content, not just our own. So we're open to any developer. And so, um, and we, with HTC and Pico have an app that creates a one-step process for content and user management so that the administrator says, you know, goes in and assigns um, training to each, to every person. And then that person logs into their account and has access to it. So it's a one-step, no MDMs involved process. Um, on the flip side, that's if you're already using VR or have any kind of XR content. But if you don't, and you're at the point now of saying, we're going to do it, um, then you can also contact me. You know, we have training content, but we also can go beyond that as well. And so um, we can help you with with scaling and, and hosting anything that you need. Awesome. And in your sort of marketing travels, um, uh, in your career journey so far, what are the three biggest lessons you've picked up along the way that have made you successful? Uh, so there's a very old marketing tale that, that uh, a bunch of people are in the room, you know, the business folks and marketing people, and they're talking about dog food and they're trying to figure out all the ways for the packaging and the, um, the price and this and that, how are we going to promote it? What are we going to say? And all this stuff. And at the end, uh, janitors in the side and says, yeah, but, the dogs don't eat it, right? And so at the end of the day, it's like you can put all the packaging and prettiness and everything that you want. If people don't want it, they don't want it. But that being said, um, if so, you know, it's very common for me to say, yeah, but the dogs won't eat it. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that being said, I've had the good fortune of working for products and services that I've always really believed in that are always, um, really fantastic. And that makes my job a whole lot easier. And so if you find that the dogs won't eat it, then there's got to be something that you can do to change that messaging and really make it resonate with people. So those are my my two major things of make sure the dogs eat it. And if you know that they should or or would, um, then you've got to find the value of it and and be able to to like change your message to make sure that people understand the value of it for for sure. Thank you so much for being on our show today, Rosina. And uh, definitely want to hear more uh, as you evolve and as that marketplace evolves, please circle back with us. Excellent. Will do. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. 
we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks.